The following is a production of the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Welcome back to UFHL Now. I'm your host, Kyle Hall, and what an awesome week. The UFHL had their first All-Star game. It was a great game. Unfortunately, a little more lopsided than probably most people were hoping for, but overall an unbelievable event, which we'll get into further on with Larry Fisher later on the show. We'll go over some of the highlights and some of the star players and a reveal of the MVP of the All-Star game. But before we get into that, let's take you around the UFHL and check out what happened this last week. Taking a look at the standings overall, no real big changes this week to the standings. I know last week we did not go over them on the show because we had the All-Star Game special, but uh, this is based off two weeks ago. We only had one change. The Ice Vikings jumped up to the number eight spot, and the Gators dropped down to number nine. As you can see, the Titans, Royals, West Coast Express, Grizzlies, and Rock Republic make up that top five still, with the Titans now with a 121-point lead over the Royals. But look at some of those teams bunched up there at the 10, 9, 8, 7. You know, teams are getting a little closer. And you look at the 11 and 12, they're right on the Yeti's heels there with the um, Red Army there at 11 now, right on the Yeti's heels of breaking to that top 10. But it's going to be a really great race here towards the end of the year as we're closing out on playoff time. And let's take a look at some of those top performers from last week. Here are your top uh, who's hot this week. Uh, our first who's hot player is Svechnikov uh, uh, of Strong Island. Uh, Andre Shvestikov, he had 23.04 fantasy points in the last three games, four goals and two assists and six points. A great week for the Carolina Hurricane forward. Uh, Strong Island, I think this is their first Who's Hot player. We have a couple of teams making their debut this week on the Who's Hot, which is awesome to see. I know a lot of NHL uh, teams were off due to the quote-unquote Olympic break, and some teams were getting some makeup games in. So uh, there was a lot of players who didn't suit up this week, but there was some really big performance, and Sveshnikov was the top forward performer this last week in the UFHL. Our second who's hot this week is Blake Wheeler of the Warriors. Blake probably would have been on a Team USA team if the Olympics did have the NHL players there, but Blake and the Winnipeg Jets uh, had a good first, good uh, game, couple games out of the break here. Uh, he had 22.77 fantasy points in his last three games. He had two goals and four assists this week for six points. Uh, you know, he's a huge part of that team, both from a leadership standpoint and uh, up the middle for them. So great week for the Warriors uh, forward Blake Wheeler. Our third who's hot this week, Damon Steverson. Now, of course, I'm a Ranger fan, so people might say I'm a little biased, but hey, I can throw a Devils player in here every once in a while. Uh, 18.93 fantasy points for the defenseman in his last three games. Although he didn't score, he had five assists and five points uh, for the Brutes. And I believe this is the Brutes also the Brutes first time. Uh, with a player in the who's hot list. So congrats to them and congrats to Damon Steverson on a great week uh, for the Devils defenseman. And then this next guy, I'm thrilled to have him on the list here after getting a little made fun of for making the all-star team from Duckman's domination, Jeff Skinner. Uh, he had a really good all-star game uh, in the UFHL. Probably the only place you'll see Jeff Skinner in an all-star game again, but he had a good all-star game for the fourth line there. And he produced big time for Buffalo this week. In only two games, he had 20.5 fantasy points, four goals, and two assists. Uh, great week for Jeff Skinner. And, and this is also Duckman Domination's first uh, who's hot uh, player this year. So 
congrats to them and congrats Jeff Skinner on a great week. And then this guy has been uh, a recurring guest on this uh, segment, Jacob Marks from the Gators, uh, the Calgary goaltender. Again, only two games. He had twenty. Uh, he had twenty four point one fantasy points. Sorry, uh, the graphic got a little messed up there. But he had twenty four point one fantasy points this week in three games played. He was three zero with a one three three goals allowed and a nine five nine save percentage. Basically, the guy stopped any shot he faced this week. Humble week for Jacob Marks from at least his second week in a row and third week overall on the who's hot list. So uh, the Gators goaltender is heating back up and he was on fire to start the year off. And who knows, he might be, he's going on one of these roles again. He can carry the Gators right back up the standings after a little fall this week down to nine. Now let's take a look at who's not hot this week. I think this has been everyone's favorite segment. I keep on getting some messages from people about this, but Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, of the Grizzlies. Unfortunately, Edmonton makes a coaching change. Uh, hopefully, Nugent Hopkins gets a little bit of boost from that next week. This week, not so much. Only 2.88 fantasy points in the three games this last week. He had zero points, zero assists, zero goals, and a minus three plus minus rating. Not a good week for the Oilers forward. Uh, our next player on the list, I mean, you can probably go over most of the Montreal Canadiens roster and say they're not hot, but Ben Chirot, only 2.79 fantasy points in the last three games. Again, zero offensive production. A minus two plus minus rating. And plus, the Royals defenseman is now listed on the IR uh, as of yesterday. So uh, a bad week turned worse for the Royals defenseman. A guy who will most likely, I mean, he's on every trade list, it looks like. Uh, it looks like he might be moved to the trade deadline, which is probably best for the Royals. Hopefully he gets in a good situation for the playoff run for them. Uh, but a tough week there for the Royals defenseman. And then another guy from the Montreal Canadiens. I'm sorry if you're a Canadiens fan. We're picking on you a little bit this week. From the Red Army, Arturi uh, Lannan, uh, 2.68 fantasy points in the four games that he played. Again, zero offensive output, was a minus one plus minus rating. Another guy who has come up in a lot of trade talks as well. I'm sure Red anyone who has a Canadiens player, you're probably hoping they get out of there this year because it's just been a train wreck. Mike Hoffman is another guy who could have been on this list this week, but didn't want to go too far and too hard on the Canadiens. And uh, talk about going hard on a team. If you are part of the Godfather's organization, now is a time to fast forward for the next couple of minutes because you're not going to want to see these next two players that pop up. Uh, defenseman Miro Heiskanen, uh, not a good week. 0.96 fantasy points in the last three games. Didn't even get a fantasy point in the last three games. Uh, like zero offensive output and a minus four plus minus rating. Normally a very, very good defenseman. A very rough week uh, for the Godfather's defenseman there. And then Unfortunately, when your defense doesn't play well, the goaltender probably doesn't play well either. And the Godfather's goaltender also is on this list. Carter Hart with a negative 0.4 fantasy points in the two games he played this week. 0-2 with a 4.16 goals allowed. An 8.57 save percentage is not what you want to see out of the Godfather's goaltender. And Philly continues to struggle, and Carter Hart continues to struggle this season. Uh, you got to think something's got to give pretty soon in Philadelphia. I know they made the coaching change, but you would hope they turn it around, and now their captain, Claude Giroux, is in trade talks. So, uh, you know, Philly's unfortunately looking at a bad season coming uh, coming to an end even quicker than most Philly fans were hoping for, and Carter Hart, unfortunately, has not had a very good uh, season. Or He's had a little bit of a bounce-back season from last year, but not the player they thought they were going to get out of him. Now let's take a look around the UFHL and see what else is going on. First, let's talk about some trade talks. So a couple trades went down this week. Strong Island uh, receiving prospect Lucas Dossal uh, from the Mystics for Lucas Elvis 
Um, Strong Island and Godfather second round picks in the 2023 draft. Goaltender Braden Holpe, good pick up there for the Mystics, possibly a guy who can make an impact on the stretch if he gets moved or not as well. And then a boatload of Skocoin, uh, nine, uh, was it almost 20,000 in Skocoin going the other way. So Strong Island playing a pretty penny there for a solid player, especially a pretty penny, a lot of, a lot of coin there, uh, for a good prospect. And then our second trade this week, uh, my cousin was on the move. I'm just kidding. Uh, Taylor Hall uh, goes to the Stingrays and the Crips are Dominic Tanito. Uh, the Stingrays first and second round pick. So basically the entire Stingrays draft uh, gets sent back to the Kryptonites and Helg Grands, who I'm not going to lie, I've not heard of. Um, maybe he's a good prospect, hopefully, for Kryptonites. But Taylor Hall, a solid pick up there for the Stingrays. He's probably not having the season that the Boston Bruins were hoping for. Uh, but a very solid player, and hopefully he turns it around for them down the stretch run here. And uh, that was a team that Larry had on his watch list. Uh, them and the Yetis, he was looking for them both to make a move as they continue to maneuver up and down the standings as they make their playoff pushes. So a good pick up there for the Stingrays, picking up a proven NHL score, former Hart Trophy Award winner, which obviously uh, whenever a guy like that comes available, you kind of got to go all in on someone like that. And they did that with a lot of draft capital and some of their players there. Uh, now let's take a look at our players of the week brought to you by elite prospects. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, the Godfathers. So the Godfathers after they have two guys on the, who's hot, who's not hot list. Uh, Tony D'Angelo is the defensive player of the week. Uh, so some redemption for them there. Chico Markstrom, we talked about, uh, before is the goaltender of the week. And Andrei Svechnikov, uh, who we talked about as well from Strong Island is the forward player of the week. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, I had him on the list, but. I do want to give the Brutes a shout out because uh, we have not heard from them yet. And uh, I thought David Stevenson's had a very good week. I watched a lot of Devils games with the Rangers being off. So he was a guy who stood out to me a lot this week. Uh, but congrats. It's former New York Ranger and Carolina Hurricane Tony D'Angelo on the players of the week. And lastly, we have uh, five brand new UFSS, UFSS, UFFS uh, athletes, digital athletes to announce. Uh, Louis LeBlanc. Um, Marco Roy, or oh, Marco Wa, Cole Meyer, Griffin Luce, and Travis Saint Denis uh, are all brand new. All five um, are brand new digital athletes this week. So each week, continuing to put out more and more digital athletes. Uh, you might remember a lot of these guys. Cole Meyer right now is playing in the Jets organization. I believe he's there for the third year. Um, Griffin Luce is on is in the Blues organization. Travis uh, Santini right now is over in Germany. I remember him playing from the Islanders for a couple of years in the American Hockey League. Uh, Louis LeBlanc, a lot of players, a lot of people remember him as a first-round draft pick of the Montreal Canadiens a few years ago. And Marco Roy, uh, Marco Roy right now uh, is playing overseas, and he was drafted by the Oilers. I remember him also playing in the Vancouver organization as well. Uh, so congratulations to those five guys, and welcome to the UFS family. Uh, again, most of, the, most of them are also owned in the UFHL or in the minor leagues as well. So awesome to see more people getting involved. And again, if you are an athlete and want to get involved on the digital side, please reach out to us. We have some awesome players building their own um, NFT that will be coming out soon. And it's quite the roster uh, they're building right now. So very exciting to see more and more athletes get added to this roster. And uh, and some names that almost everyone knows from uh, when you look over uh, the years and you look at a guy's name, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember him, I remember him, I remember him. Uh, Louis LeBlanc, I remember him. I mean, first-round pick of Canadians. I mean, he was uh, he had a good American Hockey League career, too. So uh, some awesome new names added there. 
Now let's bring in Mr. Insider, Larry Fisher. Larry, what an exciting week in the UFHL. Just wrapped up our first All-Star game, and it was quite the event as well. Yeah, the inaugural All-Star game for the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. Uh, Great job by Tieran Karandek, as well as uh, Tony Karandek, who had the idea that, hey, we should host an All-Star game. The NHL does it. Why don't we do it? You know, we try to mirror the NHL in every way. We have the video game capabilities. Let's... uh, Put it together. So Tieran took the reins and, and him and the Jungle Boys set up all the rosters and stuff. And, and we got to watch our first ever UFHL All-Star game. Uh, unfortunately, the game itself, Kyle, uh, wasn't a close contest. It was a blowout. Uh, so that hurt entertainment value somewhat. But overall, the, <laughs> the, the product was, was a lot of fun to, to see uh, what it would look like in an esports realm with the, the, the stars of the UFHL. And as you know, the, the Legends Conference defeated the Allen Conference 18-9. to nine. Uh, They were leading by five goals at both the period breaks, 5 uh, nothing and 11-6, uh, and then scored, I think, five unanswered goals to start the third period, ran it up to the 16-6, a 10-goal spread at one point. So from that perspective, it was a bit of a bummer that it wasn't a, a close game. And also, uh, I believe we both predicted that the Legends Conference would... Uh, uh, come out, or sorry, the Allen Conference would uh, come out yeah. on top, and 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 you were right though. You you had one prediction, right? I had the over. I, I told you going in. I said I know the over is going to hit. Uh, that's what I have. You pushed me towards the Allen Conference. You had such good thoughts, and they got absolutely smoked. It was a five nothing in the first period. I'm sitting there watching the game, wondering what's going on. I, I have Mister Insider telling me the inside scoop, and uh, they're getting the doors blown off them. Yeah, unfortunately, your your goaltender Shesterkin uh, really let down the <laughs> Allen Conference in the first period. He got shelled. Uh, he he got the yeah. hook after the fifth goal in the first period. They made a goaltending change. So quite the exciting game, though overall. Uh, and there were some highlights for the Rangers too. Obviously, uh, Zibanejad scored twice. Uh, Jacob Truba, who we'll talk about that later, but uh, he he had an impact. Scored a nice goal uh, jumping into the rush. So it was a uh, it was cool all around. Chris Kreider didn't make as much of an impact as you might expect, uh, being the the NHL's leading goal scorer, but he took a hard hit from Mackenzie Weger in the first period. And uh, I think he was shook up for most of the game. But uh, <laughs> when the dust settled, 18-9 in favor of the Legends Conference, uh, led by Alex Ovechkin. Uh, and and obviously guys like Jonathan Huberto were on that roster. But in the end, Kyle, the, the uh, all-star game MVP was Timo Meyer of Rock Republic. Uh, two goals, four assists, six points. So Timo Meyer walks away with the the all-star game MVP. And when we were watching the game, Kyle, you actually mentioned his first goal, the five, nothing goal that chased Chesterton. You said, wow, what a play. And, and that was sort of one mm-hmm. point where Meyer stood out, but the, the rest of the game, he wasn't a, a huge standout. You know, we were thinking Markstrom, Huberto, some of the other MVP, Drake Batherson, even as MVP candidate. And then the end of the game comes and the three stars come and, and holy Timo Meyer sitting there with uh, six points and the first star. And, uh, just talk about uh, your thoughts on Meyer's game and, and, and watching that play out. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think that first goal might have been the goal of the game. I mean, that was a, a sick goal. But uh, I had, I think I, I thought I had a couple other possible MVP candidates. I don't know if he was on the top of my list, but like you said, at the end of the game, you kind of look over the stat sheet and it's like, oh, wow, okay. Uh, you know, he had four assists, which you really didn't realize in gameplay, but um, you know, I probably would have had Jacob Markstrom as my MVP. You don't see a guy have 69 saves too often in a game. Although, you know, he did let up nine goals. So, uh, I, that might've been gone against him in the voting, but I think he would have been my MVP, but you know, 
a lot of guys who I didn't think were going to have big games, like Drake Batherson had a great game. Um, uh, the what's his name from uh, from Buffalo from our uh, from Duckman, um, Jeff Skinner, yeah, Skinner, Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner. Nice I think he had a couple goals too. So uh, a couple of guys that you didn't expect to have, you know, more of a fourth line role in this game, kind of stepped up and and scored some big time goals. Yeah, Skinner with a great assist to Batherson to open the scoring and then really get the the Legends Conference going en route to their victory. And yeah, it was, it was funny watching Jeff Skinner dangle out there. But like I said, he's been having a good year in <laughs> Buffalo too. And he, he didn't look out of place in the UFHL All-Star game. But uh, when it came to the three stars, obviously Timo Meyer, that, that six-point performance, two goals, four assists, he got the first star. Uh, second star, Rupe Hintz, uh, a five-point performance. Uh, two goals, three assists. And the third star, the only hat trick of the UFHL All-Star game, Jonathan Huberto, three goals, one assist. Uh, uh, Huberto also had the game-winning goal. He had the, the goal that made it 10-3 uh, at the end of the second period. So his his one of his three goals stood up as the game winner. But all three stars from the the, the Legends Conference and and really a strong performance by those three. But like you said, Kyle, I think uh, when you look at the the top goaltender uh, being Jacob Markstrom and and the decision by Donnie Talk, who, uh, again, one thing we did cool was to make it more interactive. We uh, we did a vote that franchises voted on who they wanted to be the honorary coaches. And Donnie Talk was the winning coach representing Kamikaze. And he made that call based on fantasy points, based on that uh, Legends Conference roster going in the lineup. It was going to be uh, Jack Campbell was going to be the starter for the Legends Conference. He had more fantasy points to the All-Star break. Uh, for for that Legends Conference and the How Division, or sorry, the the Or Division for uh, Jack Campbell and, and Donnie Talk made the the game time decision to switch goaltenders, go with Jacob Markstrom and and let him go the distance. And and you mentioned it, Kyle, but Markstrom was definitely the the difference early on, pitching that shutout through the first period. Well, unfortunately, Igor Shesterkin uh, allowed five goals at the other end for the Allen Conference and and got yanked uh, with three minutes left in the first period. So Jacob Markstrom definitely was one of the big difference makers. And and I think in all honesty, Kyle, uh, and again, I speak from the goalie union, former goaltender myself. I always notice the goalies more and you don't think a goalie's going to ever get an all-star game MVP honor. But uh, even when he surrendered, I said at one point, Markstrom has surrendered a, a touchdown and he's still my MVP at this point. Uh, <laughs> and, and again, not, not a flames fan by any stretch of the imagination either. So Markstrom was a, a real standout for me. I would have gave him my MVP again, because he made those monster saves in the, in the first period, he shut down guys like Dreisaitl and McDavid and, and Austin Matthews when he had a bit of momentum going early. Uh, and then again, couldn't get a save at the other end uh, in that first period. So congrats to Donnie Talk on the decision to, to start Markstrom and to stick with him for the distance because normally in an all-star game, you switch goaltenders halfway through. Uh, he went the distance with Markstrom, maybe didn't trust Jack Campbell, uh, knowing that Austin Matthews is one of the shooters on the other side. Yeah, I was surprised there's no change there. <clears throat> maybe something's like Something about Campbell uh, rubs in the wrong way, but we were surprised even post, you know, pregame when the lineups came out that Campbell wasn't in there. And like you said, it turned out to be a great decision by him. But shutting down that first line, I mean, a McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Matthews, uh, they really couldn't get anything going in the game. I think McDavid ended up with three points, uh, which in an all-star game, you would expect him to probably have six or so. Um, so, I mean, a great job shutting down that top line. I know Jacob True, but my guy was... Uh, Hammer, I think he had a huge hit on Matthews in the uh, center ice area. He was throwing the body around, but, uh, you know, a great job shutting down that uh, dynamic first line. 
And that's a great point that the physical play right off the start, uh, Tony Kranick, one of the UFS founders said, holy, this is a rough all-star game. Two fights in the UFHL <laughs> all-star game. And how many big hits we saw Kreider get leveled by Mackenzie Weger, And then probably the biggest hit of the game, uh, the TSN turning point, if you will, uh, in the second period when uh, the Allen conference was starting to mount a, a bit of a comeback back within five goals. Anyway, uh, Chris Letang hammered Leon Dreisaitl into the boards and Dreisaitl didn't return for the third period. Uh, and that was sort of the end of the McDavid night as well, because Dreisaitl did score two goals before leaving. But once he was hurt, I uh, sort of in that latter part of the second period, that's when uh, the wheels really fell off. And like we said, five unanswered goals to start the third period to run it up to uh, a double digit spread at 16 to six and and coasted the rest yeah. of the way to to finish up 18 nine. Yeah, Mika got hot there. I think it was the second period. He scored a couple goals and the, they cut it. So I think it was a five goal deficit at one point in the um in the second and then like you said they came out in the third period and just they, they lit it up uh there was there was no comeback the comeback uh fell short whatever was said in the locker room the second period was great third period not so much <laughs> and you had one of the quotes of the night too kyle you said uh an eight goal lead in the third not even the leafs could blow that i thought that was <laughs> a, a good one and, and, and actually ray ferraro ray ferraro on the commentary too right he called out uh Austin Matthews uh, halfway through the third period just basically said he's not generating anything tonight and and we had some fun at Matthews expense he was sort of the the whipping boy on the night because he didn't do much in the UFHL all-star game he had one nice assist on a dry saddle goal but uh, you thought Matthews McDavid and dry saddle that line was going to dominate and Matthews was uh, struggling he was pretty sluggish throughout so we said maybe he had a uh, missed curfew and had a late night out the night before uh, EA Sports had the game <laughs> staged in Saskatoon so we were making fun of that and Actually, the owner of Blades of Steel, uh, Mike Bender, is from that Saskatoon area. So it was funny to see Mike chime in and say, uh, Saskatoon can do that to a guy, uh, speaking from experience. <laughs> so I thought we had a lot of fun at, at Austin Matthews' expense. And, and while that UFHL All-Star game was airing on Monday night, because we had to delay it until Monday, the real Austin Matthews in the real world uh, was outscoring two goals for the Toronto Maple Leafs as they uh, pulled off a come-from-behind overtime victory uh, over Carolina so we were ragging on him in the all-star game but he was uh busy lighting it up for Toronto in the real world and I think uh he'll be uh a big factor for Blades of Steel down the stretch yeah I think Blades of Steel would rather see him light up for Toronto than the all-star game anyway but uh yeah it was fun poking fun at them I know uh, I, I was hoping some Toronto fans would kind of go back on that comment because you gotta love Leaf fans I mean they they always uh they love the two goal and three goal lead uh blowing uh comments i know they always enjoy that but uh all in all and also there there was some cash and some score coin one to, uh, on uh monday night as well yeah that's a great point kyle uh the winning all the players on the the winning roster the legends conference uh as well as donnie talk uh the the winning coach uh and the two goaltenders that were snubbed because remember the legends conference as good as jacob markstrom played uh, and Jack Campbell was on the roster. They also technically would have had Andre Vasilevsky and UC Saros, the number one and number three goaltenders in uh, UFHL fantasy points got snubbed, but uh, Vasilevsky and Saros are also getting a payout from the UFHL all-star game as a result of that snub. So uh, all 23 uh, or 22 players and, and the one coach, Donnie Talk, are all getting $5 worth of score coin. Uh, which I believe the Royals uh, had three all-stars. They were the, the leader of all franchises. They had three players on the all-star team. So they get $15 worth of score coin at the end of the season when all the payouts are distributed uh, following the Klein Cup playoffs. But uh, that'll amount to three free trades for the Royals next season. And, and obviously anybody that was 
Uh, all 32 franchises were represented, so all 16 franchises from that Legends Conference uh, earned at least one free trade. So several earned two, and then obviously the Royals uh, led the way with three uh, players on the All-Star roster. So that was great. And, and you mentioned uh, another funny storyline, or maybe the, the controversy of the All-Star game, Kyle, was on that Legends Conference roster. And Jacob Truba uh, somehow got number eight over Alex Ovechkin for the <laughs> Legends Conference. I, I don't know. Uh, Ovechkin was stuck wearing number four for, for this number UFHL four. All-Star game. Yeah, I think you called it, right? You said the great four when he scored his when he scored a goal. Out the, there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the first period. Uh, and not sure who to blame there, uh, whether that's Kyle, yourself. Uh, you're, the, you're the Rangers fan. Maybe you put the bug in that uh, Truba deserves the rights to to uh, number eight or or Donnie, right? Donnie's the coach of the team. Uh, he's also uh, the, the coach and owner and GM of Kamikaze. Well, guess what team Jacob Truba plays for in the UFHL? He's a Kamikaze player. So maybe ah. Donnie talked when he was handing out those jerseys. Just, oh, yeah, here's my guy, Truba. I'll give him number eight. Oh, what's left here at the end? Oh, it looks like number four for for Ovechkin here as the, the last jersey to go around. So we got a kick out of that. Uh, but it's good to see both of them score. And Truba actually looked like Ovechkin on his goal, uh, jumping up on a two-on-one and getting off that quick shot. Yeah, when I saw Ovechkin out there, number, number four jersey, I was laughing. And it took me a minute to kind of figure out. I'm like, oh, McCarr must have number eight. And I'm looking out there. He's wearing number two. And sure enough, here comes Truba trucking someone. I'm like, well, there's number eight there. Uh, but I think the whole funny part is that Ovechkin is the reason why there's now double numbers in the actual NHL game, all-star game, because he basically told the NHL, if I'm not number eight, I'm not coming. And, uh, and sure enough, now guys can wear duplicate numbers on the ice. So pretty funny to see him get snubbed on the number in the UFHL all-star game. Yeah, what a crazy, crazy world how that played out in the UFHL. And that's actually a really cool story that that's, that's the reason they allow the double numbers in the NHL. I actually didn't know that. I, I knew they allowed them because I thought it was just fan familiarity that they recognize their player by their number. But the fact that Ovechkin was behind that movement and then we, we snub him and take his number away in the, the UFHL All-Star game, uh, what goes around comes around, I guess, in, in that exactly. sense. But, uh, but yeah, just an all-around uh, fun experience for the UFHL All-Star Game and uh, certainly going to be an annual tradition going forward. And again, we couldn't have done it without Tieran Krandick and the Jungle Boys actually putting together the gameplay. Uh, and and they, you know, they were quick on their feet because originally we were going to mirror the NHL All-Star Game with uh, division rosters and, you know, six forwards, three defenders, uh, two goaltenders per division. That's how we announced the All-Stars. And then we realized, oh, you can't do that in, in the video game. You need uh, full rosters and you need... Uh, you know, you can't play three on three. You got to play five on five. So they set it all up really well. Uh, uh, it ended up being the the Saskatoon uh, Legends Conference against the uh, the, the uh, uh, Kelowna Allen Conference. So that was kind of funny too. But uh, just all in all, the to see our uniforms that Andrea Cranduck designed did a great job on the uniforms. They were represented in the game. Uh, they did the custom uniforms. Uh, the the Allen Conference was wearing the the Gretzky Division uniforms and the uh legends conference ended up wearing the how division uniform so top to bottom just a, a great production like I said wish it would have been a closer game uh more uh intense well it was certainly physically intense we didn't expect it to be that physical but uh and again that's probably credit to donnie talk uh kamikaze is the, the the broad street bullies of the ufhl they they fight their way to the top like you said uh last week's show kyle so certainly uh they the whole team the whole legends conference played like they were uh on the roster for Kamikaze there with uh, the physical approach. But overall, it would have been nice to have a, a little bit more of a competitive contest as far as the score goes. But uh, all the All-Stars uh, represented their franchises very well. And I think that the owners got a kick out of 
watching their players out there uh, scoring and having success in the UFHL All-Star game. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I think uh, next year's All-Star game, I think the league can just build off this year and make it even bigger and better next year. And I tell you what, it was an exciting game, even though it was a little uh, out of reach there towards the end and the beginning was a little rough, but it was so exciting to watch. And not too often you get some, you know, dropping the gloves in the All-Star game. I think Langdiscog had a uh, Gordie Howe hat trick in the game too. So I don't think that's ever happened in an All-Star game either. Yeah, no doubt. How about that? Yeah, Landeskog with the, the Gordie Howe hat trick. That was great. Uh, so many highlights, right? You go through the highlights and even to watch the game back uh, for the owners that didn't get to watch it live. And again, we were kind of, I say live tweeting, but we were live commenting on Telegram throughout the game. So some owners may not have taken the time yet to watch the game. I think it's worth uh, going and checking out. Uh, again, I thought it was a, a quality product overall. And and the entertainment value is there, even though the score wasn't uh, that close, because no shortage of highlights, big hits, fights, uh, massive saves, anything you want in an All-Star game, uh, it was there, including that physical element that you don't get in the, the NHL All-Star game, highlighted by that, like I said, Gordie Howe hat trick, which uh, that's probably a first for an All-Star game, I'm sure. Yeah, so if you did miss the game, it's on UFS Network on the YouTube channel, and we'll try to link it in our um in the description, too, for this episode as well, so make it a little bit easier for people to try to find it. Or frankly, if you found this episode on YouTube, just go to the next video down and you'll be able to find the all-star game most likely. But uh, Larry, anything else before we let you go? No, I thought there'd be more trades, Kyle, uh, leading up to that. I all-star thought so game too. Because you had the, the, the sort of, uh, you know, the NHL ended on Wednesday and then you had Thursday and Friday off before the all-star game. I really expected we were going to see some more blockbusters because there were a lot in the week before. I thought we would have seen more uh, leading up to the All-Star game throughout All-Star weekend. It was surprisingly quiet in the UFHL. There was the one big trade. Uh, Strong Island acquired Lucas Dostal, a top goaltending prospect uh, from the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, paid, paid a pretty penny for him, both in score coin and assets. Uh, Braden Holpe, Lucas Alvinas, a uh, couple second-round picks and a big pile of score coin going the other way. But uh, Strong Island, as we mentioned last week, uh, getting stronger and stronger for the future, really focusing on targeting specific prospects. Lucas Dostal uh, becomes a goaltender in their system. They already had Kevin Lankinen, who, depending what happens with Marc-Andre Fleury, is still looking like the number one going forward for Chicago. Uh, he's been sidelined lately, but they have Kevin Lankinen. Uh, they also have Justice Anunen, so they have a Finnish tandem with uh, Colorado's top goaltending prospect. And now they have Anaheim's top goaltending prospect in Lucas Dostal. Although, with the way John Gibson's playing uh, this season, there might be, and, and the fact Anaheim's back in the playoff race and trending up again, there might be a, a bit of a roadblock there for Dostal, but he certainly looks like the, the future in Anaheim as well. So there was that trade, but uh, very surprising to me that there wasn't more trades. Again, I, I still say keep an eye on the Sting race, keep an eye on the Yetis. Uh, it'll be interesting to see in the, in the coming days and weeks uh, leading up to that March 21st trade deadline in both the NHL and the UFHL to see the kind of the kind of player movement in the blockbusters that could shake out in the UFHL. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe you see some movement in the next week uh, when the games start getting back on. Maybe guys, uh, some of these GMs might have taken the week off to kind of relax and reset with their team. Uh, maybe try to figure out what direction they're going in and who knows behind cl- closed doors, there could be a ton of conversations happening that uh, just haven't come through. But uh, I expect probably, I would think next week, I think we're going to see another big trade. Uh, you're starting to see hear a little more rumblings on the trade block as well in the telegram group as well. Uh, people putting more names out there. So uh, hopefully we'll have uh, bigger news to share next week on the trade front, but all in all a great uh, all-star game and uh, really excited for the second half of the season. It's going to be a, 
a mad dash here to the championship. Absolutely, Kyle. And, and thanks again uh, for all the support of the UFHL All-Star Game. It was great to have you watching along and, and commentating as well. That was great. Uh, uh, and then, you know, again, the, the trade front, uh, the fireworks are coming. And, and I keep thinking the Stingrays are one that are going to, because they, they see Strong Island using that score coin to, to bring in future players. I think the Stingrays would like to use some score coin to, to challenge for that top five, maybe even uh, take a run at the, at the Founders Trophy as regular season champions and position themselves well going into that playoff draft for the Klein Cup playoffs. So it's going to be, uh, like I said, a furious uh, second half. It's going to be great action uh, in the standings as well as on the trade front. And uh, another very successful season to date uh, in the third season for the, the UFHL, the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. Larry, thanks so much. We'll catch up with you next week. Sounds good, Kyle. Thank you so much to Mr. Insider Larry Fisher for all his great input. Larry's on vacation, so he actually had to film that uh, as he was going on vacation. So can't thank Larry enough. He is so dedicated to this league and this show. I mean, that guy just knows everything about this league, and he is such an awesome asset to everyone. So, again, I can't thank Larry enough. And all the hard work everyone did in the All-Star game this last week, that was awesome. It was a great event. Uh, I can't wait for next year. I'm sure it'll be bigger and better than ever. Uh, and I thought it was really cool how uh, you know, everyone was on Telegram going back and forth in the game and talking about it. So a very cool experience this last week with the All-Star game. And again, thanks to Larry. It's a shout out to Larry for all his hard work that he does. Uh, the guy is awesome. But before we sign off this week, let's take a look at uh, this week's Twitter poll. Uh, I wanted to switch it up uh, and go over who do you think is going to have the most hits this year in the NHL? Uh, we have Gudis there, the Ice Vikings, Clutterbuck of the Eliminators. Uh, Reeves of the Snipers and Deloria of the Mystics. Uh, Gruden's got a little bit of a lead there at 199, but I think any of these guys can rack up uh, nine to 10 hits in a night. Uh, so this is just, you know, the top four right now. There's a lot of guys right on the edge there. So if you don't think it's going to be one of those guys, go on the UFHL Twitter, which we will post this on, and just comment on who you think is going to be the hits leader this year. Uh, you know, right now, Ryan Reeves, obviously, is a guy I love. Uh, but Deloria, every time that guy has highlights, he's beating someone up at center ice. Cal Clutterbuck, I've hated him for years on the Islanders, and then that guy hits anything that moves for, uh, I feel like, 10 years now that guy's been just... Uh, but uh, you know, let us know who you think's going to finish with the most hits this year. That would be a fun poll. A little change-up from every, you know, all the scorers always getting all the, all the glory or goaltenders or, vet, or uh, Norris Trophy winners. Let's, let's talk about the dirty players. Let's talk about the guys who go into the corners hard. And, uh, and give them some signs. So let us know what you think. And, and that does it for this week on the UFHL Now. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, and we'll see you next week.